Chapter 14 Badman's Phony Repentings and Promises of Reform Mr. Wiseman, what did he think and do then? Well, attentive, he thought he must go to hell. That much I know, because he couldn't hold back from saying so. As best I can remember, he lay crying out in fear one night, the entire night, and at times he trembled so much the bed shook beneath him. Oh, how thoughts of death, hellfire, and eternal judgment racked his conscience. Fear could be seen in his face, and in the way he tossed back and forth, you could also hear it in his words and recognize it by his heavy groans. He often cried, I am ruined, I'm dead, my vile life has destroyed me. Then his former thoughts and irreverent principles were too weak to support him from the fears of eternal damnation. Exactly, they were too weak. They might help stifle conscience when a man is prospering and harden the heart against all good advice when God leaves a man and abandons his mind to sin. But unfortunately, unbelieving thoughts, ideas, and opinions must shrink and melt away when God comes with sickness to visit the soul of such a sinner for his sin. The man who lived about twelve miles from us had trained himself in such unbelieving ideas, and in the end he attempted to write a book against Jesus Christ and against the divine authority of the Scriptures. But I don't think it was printed. After many days, God struck him with a sickness from which he died. But while he was sick and musing on his former actions, the book he'd written came to his mind, and with it such a sense of his evil in writing it that it tore his conscience like a lion would tear a kid. As a result, he lay on his deathbed in a sad state with his conscience greatly afflicted. Some of my friends went to see him, and while they were in his bedroom one day, he hastily called for pen, ink, and paper. When it was given him, he wrote to this purpose. I, such a one in such a town, must go to hell for writing a book against Jesus Christ and against the Holy Scriptures. He would also have leapt out of the window of his house to kill himself, but they prevented him from doing that. So he died in his bed, such a death as it was. It will be good if others accept his outcome as a warning. This is a remarkable story. It is true as well as remarkable. I heard it from people I dare believe who were eyewitnesses and earwitnesses. They are the ones who caught him in their arms and saved him from throwing himself out of his bedroom window to destroy himself. Well, you've told me what Mr. Badman's thoughts were when he was sick. Please tell me what he did when he was sick. Did? He did many things, which he would never have thought to do, and which, to be sure, weren't expected by his wife and children. In this time of sickness, his thoughts were quite changed regarding his wife. I say his thoughts, so far as they could be judged by his words and actions toward her, for at that point she was his good wife, his godly wife, his honest wife, his dear, and all that. He told her she had the best of it for she had lived a good life, while his corruption, habitual lewdness, and excessive unlawful indulgence of lust, and generally ungodly life, always stared him in the face. 
So at this time he admitted to her that the advice she often gave him was good, but that he was bad not to take it. As he lay on his sickbed, he listened to her talk to him while he sighed. He asked her to pray for him that he might be delivered from hell. He also agreed to have some of her good ministers come to comfort him. During all this he seemed to show them kindness when they came, for he spoke to them kindly and listened diligently to what they said. Only he didn't want them to talk too much about his misspent life, because his sense of right and wrong was already clogged with that. He didn't care to see his old companions, because thoughts of them were a torment to him. And now he even spoke kindly to that child of his who took after his mother, the very child he couldn't stand before. He also desired the prayers of good people, that God in his mercy would spare him a little longer. He promised that if God would just let him recover this once, he would change, live a new life for God. What a repentant man and loving husband he would be. What liberty he would give his wife. He even said he would go with her to hear her ministers, and that they would go hand in hand in the way to heaven together. It was a fine show. I'll guarantee his wife was glad about this. His wife, yes, along with many other good people besides. It was talked about all over the town. What a great change has been worked in Mr. Badman. Oh, how sorry he is for his sins. You should see how he's begun to love his wife. Now he desires good men to pray to God to spare him. What promises he's made to God in his sickness? If ever he'll raise him from his sickbed to health again, he promises to repent and be a new man towards God and a loving husband to his good wife. Well, ministers prayed and good people rejoiced, thinking they had truly gotten a man from the devil. Some of the weaker sort didn't join in, saying God had begun a work of grace in his heart. But his wife, poor woman, you can't believe how quick she was to believe it. So she rejoiced and hoped it would happen. But sadly, in a short time, things proved otherwise. After he'd been bedridden a while, his sickness began to go away so that he felt better. In a little time, he was so finely mended that he could walk about the house. Along with that, his appetite returned. At this point, his wife and her good friends stood watching to see if Mr. Badman would fulfill his promise of becoming a new man toward God and in loving his wife. Unfortunately, the opposite happened, because as soon as he had hopes of getting well and found his strength returning, trouble began to grow in his heart, and he became a stranger to his fears as if he'd never had them. Scripture, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity. Romans 1 verse 29